Bibles, and I want you to turn to the book of Luke today, Luke chapter 1. Man, what a fun day today, huh? Aren't you glad you came to church? How about the rest of y'all? Are you thinking about you should have been home eating oatmeal? Come on. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Y'all, if I'm going to stay home, I ain't going to be eating no oatmeal. I'm going to tell you right now, we fried eggs and bacon. Boy, my wife found some of this new Black Forest bacon. Anybody had that? Thank you, sweet Jesus, for that. Amen. It's so good. I just praise the Lord for that Black Forest bacon right now. Thick cut. How many of y'all got that thick cut bacon? Huh? Come on, raise your hand. Y'all rich. If you, ri- if you got thick cut bacon, you rich. No doubt. <laughs> I also want to, uh, to remind you, our, our gatherings here at the Hills at our small group ministry at the church, um, and this has been our greatest gathering sessions so far. Not yeah, no doubt. Not only not only the reports we're hearing, but also just the, the all manner of different gatherings we have going on. Uh, we'll be launching those again at the end of January, but I'd like for you, those of you that want to host a gathering, I'd like for you to go ahead and get ready for that. You can go out to the information bar and let them know, hey, I'm interested in hosting a gathering. You don't have to teach. All you got to do is, is have something that you like to do or people you like to be around. We have a, we have a running gathering that goes on. Uh, so if there's something you like to do and you like to hang out, you're already doing it, so why not? If you get up in the morning and go drink coffee at a coffee shop and you like to be doing that with other people, come on, you can host a gathering. It's just that easy. I need some water. All oh, that singing just wore me slap out. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. And something that I've always realized is anytime the angel says, Don't be afraid, it's already too late at that point. It's like, Yeah, already too late. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Come on, aren't you glad you serve a king that doesn't get voted out, doesn't have four terms, four-year term, eight-year term? There's no coup going to take him out. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. Let me share, tell you something that I've been saying for the past couple of months as pastor of the hills. I believe 2017 is going to show us new doors that we did not even know would be open. I believe that. As a church, and I just want to continue encouraging you in that. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose faith in that. I believe this is going to be a year that when we get to the end of 2017, we're going to look back and go, can you believe all that God did in that year? 
Because I know a whole bunch of y'all are ready for 2016 to get done because you're like, can you believe all the devil did in that year, right? I mean, y'all had, some of y'all had some tough, tough years. It's, I mean, tough years. It's been a tough one. So I'm believing for 2017. And I'm not talking about I just kind of the typical new year. Y'all, rah, rah, it's going to be a great year. No, it's something I feel in my spirit, in my heart, that God is going to do some incredible things this year. How many are ready for more open doors? How many are ready for open windows? Let's go. Come on. I'm ready for it. Opportunities are going to come our way. And as I was studying uh, for this day today, I just kept feeling, feeling the Holy Spirit prompt me to come back and talk about making sure that we're ready to seize the opportunity, make sure that we're ready to walk through the open doors. And so I want to study uh, this, this passage of Scripture, and I want to learn some lessons from Mary, all right? Now, I don't always title my messages, but when I do, they're catchy, okay? I'm just going to tell you all. So today, I'm going to preach on the subject, Merry Christmas. M-A-R-Y. Say, Merry Christmas. I want to learn some lessons from this sweetheart named Mary. And I want to talk about what took Mary from being Mary to being Mary. Right? What took her from being this sweet teenage girl to being the mother of the Messiah? What took her from pigtails and maybe acne to being the womb that would house God incarnate? Think about that. Think about you that are teenagers and what you think about right now, what your focus is right now. Think about, how about you adults? Do you remember your teenage years? Probably barely, but do you remember what you were thinking about, you were thinking about you, yourself, and you. That was it. That's what you thought about. What takes Mary from that mindset to being someone that could help heaven come to earth? I want to talk about that. And I want to give you a, a few things that I think are going to help us as opportunity comes. Because that's a pretty amazing opportunity, right? Just to be having your own, own world and all of a sudden there's an angel going, hey, your world's about to change, okay? Everything's about to shift. Not just your world, but the entire world. And we want you to be a part of it. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What helps you step into opportunities when they present themselves? What helps you move in a God moment? When this God gives you a word, when something clicks and you feel a transition take place. First, number one, is having the right response. So write it down. Number one, you got to have the right response. Now, in our text, we read this. The angel says to her, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And her first thought is, in verse Luke 1 and 34, how can this be? How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man before. This, this is impossible. There's no way that this can happen. Now you fast forward to Verse 38, watch what she says. When the angel is done talking to her, she says, Behold the, man sa- the, maid servant of the, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Watch the difference. How can this be? How many of you have those kind of questions in your life right now? 
I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. I don't know how God's ever going to reach them. I don't know how anything ever going to happen in this situation. Just nod your head this morning if you've got some of those right there. And then now at the end of it, she's saying, I'm the servant of the Lord. Whatever you say, let it happen to me. You have to move, we have to move beyond our questions, beyond our give me the list of how it's going to take place. Give me step one, two, three, four. And we got to move to this response that just says, whatever you're saying, I'm all in. How many of you like to know the instructions before you start walking down the path? I know some of y'all, y'all check Google Maps and then you scroll over and you want to see that list of steps. I want to know where my turns are going to be. I want to know exactly what's going to happen. That's not how God works. God says this is what's going to happen and he expects us to say, I'm willing, I'm ready. What does it take? As soon as her concerns about herself were gone away, then she could say yes. And that yes is very important. If you're taking notes, write that down and underline it. Underline it a lot. That yes is very important. Let me explain why. It takes the partnership of heaven and earth to produce divine destiny. It takes the partnership. I love you, Sally. Gwen's rubbing off on you. It takes the partnership of heaven and earth. Now I'm tickled. It takes the partnership of heaven and earth to produce divine destiny. It just has to happen. There's got to be this, there's got to be this yes. I've heard it said before, without God, we cannot, but without us, God will not. There's something about God that wants the human interaction. Yes, is God sovereign? Yes. Is God omnipotent? Yes. Is God omnipresent? Yes. Is God omnipotent? Yes. But he wants us involved in the plan. Write this down. God had a will, but Mary was the way. God has this plan and he has this will, but he decides that Mary is going to be the way that he wants it to happen. He's God. He could have just said, boom, and Jesus appears on the cross. It could have happened just like that, but didn't want it to happen that way. He wanted it to be the natural way, the way. He wanted humanity involved in this situation. Before God with us, there had to be a God in Mary. There had to be this moment for the purpose of heaven to be revealed in the earth. Somebody had to carry it. I want to talk to you right now. God wants to do something great in your life but it's going to require you saying yes to carrying that purpose in you. He's not going to do it sovereign and then you just stumble into it. God requires a yes on the front end of it and not backing out when things get tough. Boy, there's, your, there's the sermon right there. Well, I liked it at the beginning when it was good and fun and she was, you know, she smelled good all the time and he fixed his hair for me and, and I, I'm, 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 I'm going to encourage you, Mandy, to write a book. Mandy, 
Mandy posted something, congratulations, on 16 years. Is that right? 16 years, Ryan and Mandy. And Mandy said, someone asked her, how do you make it? She said, you just don't leave. You just don't leave. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a good word right there. Marriage, jobs, churches, come on, let's go. You just don't leave. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. That's why humanity's involved. But you just don't leave. You stay a part of it. I'll never forget us rolling Kristen into the hospital and getting ready to have Evan. We're rolling her into the hospital, and she looks back up at me with those black eyes, dark black eyes. She looks up and she says, do I have to do this? <laughs> See, yeah, baby, I think we've come too far now. I think it's... It's about to happen. There's those moments in your world that you have to say, you want to stop. And Jesus says, do I have to drink this cup? I don't want to drink this cup. Look at me. It's okay saying, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I'm not happy. I'm angry right now. I don't even know what's going on. It's okay. Let's, let's, they saw it Christian ease. It's Christian lies is what it is. That you got to always be perfect and really great. No, it's not great. Life is rough and tough and it's not easy, but you just don't leave. You say yes on the front end and you say yes all the way through and you keep on saying yes and you just keep on saying yes. That's going to help somebody this week, next week, next year. Write this one down. The mission of heaven was connected to the permission of Mary. The mission of heaven was connected to the permission of Mary. God wanted things done a certain way, but it took this teenage girl. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine as Gabriel's talking to Mary, what's going on in heaven? Because they know the backstory. They know how God has tried through the prophets and through the slaughtering of lambs, and through temples and tabernacles to make something happen. They get it. Can you imagine the host of heaven leaning over the balcony of glory, looking down, waiting on the answer of a teenage girl? Can you imagine? What's she going to say? Please say yes. Please say yes. Please say yes. All of eternity hangs in the balance on this little teenage girl saying yes. What if God's just waiting on your yes today? What if there's something in you, on you, that God wants to see released and produced and all he's waiting is for a yes? In you, a book. In you, a song. In you, a family. In you, a relationship. In you, a church plant. In you, a new type of strategy for business. In you, right you, right here. What if it's all right there, but all God needs from you is a simple Y-E-S. That spells yes, by the way. How do we move into these opportunities? Number one, having a right response, and that right response is... Come on now, y'all, come on. I just spent the majority of the message on that right there. I'm gonna, let's go back. Here's going to be your chance, all right? 
Moving into your new opportunity requires a right response. And that response is, come on, give yourself a hand. That was good. No, really, give yourself a hand while I drink some water. That was good. Number two, how do I move into this opportunity when God opens the door? Now, look, I'm talking about God opportunities. I'm not talking about opportunities that you created, that you forced, doors you knocked down instead of just knocking on, okay? I want you to understand that there's a big difference. Number two, how do I move into this next dimension? Having a right response. Now, number two, having right responsibilities. Your responsibilities change when you have the right response. When Mary says, be it unto me, the King James, I think, says it that way. Be it unto me according to your word. Or everything you've said, let it happen to me. Everything about Mary's focus changes at that moment. At that moment, her responsibilities shift from, from making sure she smells good and her hair looks good and, and are the boys looking at her. And it changes now. Everything about her is focused on the baby. How many of y'all that they've had children and all of a sudden everything was cool? You thought you knew about life, right? And Chris and I just get tickled all the time when new parents are acting like they know how it's going to be. You're like, oh, yo, you don't know. <laughs> you do not know. But I've read all the books and I've YouTubed everything. You do not know. It is the most glorious, laborious time of your life, right? As soon as we find out that a young couple is, has, has become pregnant, I pull the guy aside. I say, here's what you need to do, buddy. You need to go right now. As soon as you leave this meeting, go with your wife and have dinner. Go have dinner. Yeah, you want to go watch you a movie if y'all do that kind of thing, okay? And then y'all want to go sleep, okay? Sleep a lot. Right now, just start sleeping. Yeah, spend some time alone with each other. There's some other stuff I tell him too, but I won't get into that in the mixed company right now. Because a lot of that stuff just slows down, you know what I'm saying, when that baby shows up, all right? So I'm telling you, the focus now is not about husband and wife. The focus is not about teenagers. The focus is about the baby. The baby. Your responsibilities change when your response gets right. A couple things happen. Number one, you got to get the house ready for the baby. Now you, now you start putting caps over plugs, you know. Start putting locks on cabinets. Start putting glassware up high. Making sure the baby room's painted. Making sure everything's ready to roll. The focus now is getting the house ready for the baby. I, as, I was, as I was writing that down this week, I kept seeing us talking about vision offering and talking about the building that God has for us and talking about what we're going to do. You know that focus? I mean, we could stay right here. We'd be fine. We can do it. We can be right here and do this. The reason we want to have our own building is for the babies that are out there that have yet to come. That's why. So instead of these guys getting here at 6 a.m. driving on icy roads trying to set up and staging and all that, they can be focused on the new people that are coming in. Got to get the house ready for the baby. Number two, you got to get yourself ready for the baby. You got to get prepared. You got to rest up. There's some learning that you got to do. 
How do you take care of this child? What does it take? I believe that's where we are as a church. God is about to send us a whole new harvest of brand new babies, and we got to be ready to care for them. Why would God send babies to our doorstep just to die there? It's not something like God calls them. God draws them for us to nurture them and care them. Look at your neighbor and say, it can't be about you anymore. Come on, it's got to be about the baby. doesn't just take learning. It takes some enlarging. It takes some enlarging. You gotta, you're going to be stretched. So I'm telling you right now, some of you are going to, within the first quarter of 2017, you're going to go, Pastor John was lying. <laughs> he said this is going to be a good year. It's uncomfortable. It's called stretching. All right? Stretching. You got to stretch. Get big. Enlarge. I'm praying for God to stretch all of us, stretch our hearts, stretch our imagination, stretch our prayer life, our devotion. In January, on January the 8th, we will begin our 21 days of devotion that we do every year. We're going to set aside 21 days of prayer and fasting and focusing on what God wants to see happening in our lives as a church. You know what that is? That's Him stretching us. How do, you, how do you enlarge yourself for more of God? Well, first of all, you don't. When a mama is pregnant with a baby, mama doesn't enlarge herself. The baby enlarges her. As the baby grows, mama has to enlarge and waddle. And it gets uncomfortable. I hear this a lot. How do I... How do I grow in the Lord? How do I grow and enlarge my... You don't. You just get more of Jesus in you. And the more of Jesus you have in you, and the more he grows, the more you grow. You don't have to worry about reading all the books and making sure that it's all here. Just get more of Jesus right here. Just spend time with him in his word, on your face, worship music playing, alone with him, and watch him begin to enlarge you. You won't have to grow. He will grow you. I'm not a good preacher, but that's good preaching right there. That was a good word for someone. Because you're trying to check off all the stuff, the right responsibilities. And then number three, how do I step into the opportunity that God has for me in this new year is the right reputation. Right reputation. Check this out. The angel says to her, Mary, you are a favored woman. But King James says, you're highly favored. Favor. Now, being raising up in a charismatic and Pentecostal churches and spirit-filled churches and being around all of that, when we use the word favor, it had this connotation to it of just the blessings of the Lord. Keep falling in my lap, okay? Those that know, know, all right? That, that, that's what the word favor in our heart and our mind would mean. It's like, oh, I'm just being I'm highly favored. Y'all heard us right here go, the favor, you know? I got pulled over and he gave me a warning instead of a ticket favor. 
I was at Target and I thought I was going to pay $9.99. I showed up and it was $4.97 favor. Yeah. That's kind of, it's connected to that. I get the favor of God. Yeah, I get the favor of all my life. I'm, I'm highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm set aside. But the word favor really means this. God thinks you can handle what he wants to put on you. That's what favor means. Favor means set aside for God to use you. How many want that? How many of you would go right now? They're out sitting right out there. There was a brand new car that you don't have to pay for or a used car. How many would just go grab that new one right now? Full warranty. Oh, it smells, right? And yet I say, how many of you want to be used by God? We all say that. But there's some wear and tear. There's use involved in it. Set aside for God's purpose does not mean that it's just always good and smells great and all. No, it means there's going to be some tough times. There's going to be stretching times. Mary, you're highly favored of God. What does that mean? That means that your reputation is about to be ruined. That's what that means. Your reputation is about to be ruined. Here you are on this side, Mary, sweet Mary, teenage Mary. Everybody loves Mary. I mean, she's so special that God sees her and looks down on her. Mary, that's her. She's special. People talk about Mary. That's a special one. There's something on her life. She's going to do great things. Then after her, yes, things change. There goes Mary. She's pregnant. She's not married. Her reputation changes. She's engaged. And he's not even the father. And here's the big thing. She says that God impregnated her. So not only is she promiscuous, she's crazy. We have this thing now, I think, especially in Western church, where being a believer and being a Christian is, you're going to be okay, and it's cool. It's not, but Jesus said this, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. They're going to hate you. They're not going to understand you. Let me tell you something. I think we need more people to disagree with us. We need some people to not understand us. We need our reputation to be ruined just a little bit. Come on. Come, come on. Come try this with us. No. I, 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 I'm thinking more about the baby than I am that right there. Why not? Are you you're too good for us? See, and your reputation starts changing. See, having a right response and having right responsibilities and having a right reputation just means this. It's a change of focus and perspective. And now instead of your yes being about you and instead of your responsibilities being about what can happen good in your life and instead of us having a reputation that makes us look good, it changes now that everything we do is focused on Jesus growing in us. God's going to open great doors for you this year. I believe it. God's going to open great doors for our church this year, I believe. I've never been more excited about where we are as a church, the health, the momentum. 
I can just feel this buzz that's going on in us. And God's going to open doors for us. We're going to look back and go, that's incredible. I mean, we, we went six years of doing it this way, and then you watch, God just did it, and here we are. Look at that. It's amazing. It's going to happen for you. Those of you that have been praying for God to do a new work in your life, I want to encourage you to keep believing. I want to encourage you to have the right response, to take on the right responsibilities, and to worry less about your reputation with people and more about your reputation with God. Because her response was right, because she took on right responsibilities, and because she cared about her reputation with God, Mary changed the universe. The Bible says all the cosmos, everything is centered around him. Everything that is and was and is ever created was created for him and through him. Mary understood that. Mary played an incredible part in that. So what if, what if instead, of, instead of God just wanting to change your world, what if God wants to use you to change the world? What if? And by your world, I mean, or the world, I mean your neighbors, your coworkers, your spouse, your children, and then watch God begin to expand it from there. I want to encourage you today to say yes to the right things. It's not as much, Danny, about saying no to the bad stuff as it is just saying yes to the right stuff. Not picking on Danny. Let me find someone else here here today. Sam. Let's go back to Sam. Sam. (laughs) Let me pray for you today.